Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. As I think about this message that the Lord put on my heart, probably I think um, almost a month ago now, uh, I've meditated on a lot, thought about the different aspects of how we look at God and how we walk with the Lord. And I, I was reminded years ago when I traveled with Covenant Players, I often got to sit in the front seat alongside of the driver because I was very good at visual recollection. So if we'd turned here and we were going somewhere, I could remember, oh no, this isn't the right place to turn, there should be a gas station here, et cetera. And because I had such a strong visual memory, I, I was very good in that second seat. However, I was not there to instruct the driver how to drive <laughs> and was reminded of that frequently. <laughs> And so one day they gave me a little license. It said, backseat driver's license. <laughs> we all had a laugh. Today we, we don't have maps, although I love them dearly. We do have maps. They're different. It's called GPS. But still there are those who sit in the passenger seat who want to give direction. I find that that is often our life in Jesus Christ. He may be in the driver's seat some of the time, and even when he is, we want to provide direction. This is what I'd like you to do, God. This is the prayer I'd like you to answer. This is where I'd like to go and what I'd like to do with my life, God. Can you sort that out? Can you pay this bill? And we talk to him, even though we allowed him to drive, uh, there, and we get into all these awkward situations, and how we look at God and how we look at Jesus in our everyday life really is important. It's important. I'm hoping that my experiences will help you do this quicker. <laughs> I understand it can be very challenging to learn from someone else's experiences. This is why we sometimes don't learn from the experiences we see in the Word of God, because we have to trust it. And trust is so precious and, and sometimes very, very hard for all of us, and it's hard because of what we've seen, because of what we've known, and because of what we walk through. There was a very difficult situation, and, and, and I saw this, and I thought, this is the truth. I love to read the Psalms, and I read them frequently alongside of my, just in my daily devotion to read some Psalms and then a chapter of Proverbs daily. And this Psalm really stood out to me, and I knew in my heart as I was praying for the body of Christ from Psalm 40, verse 12, it says, for innumerable evils have compassed me about. And I feel that it, even this morning when we were praying and talking about not having a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. It is so vital in this hour that we recognize we need to be having our mind submitted to the things of God. And, having, and allowing the spirit of God to touch our souls. They need help. Now, you may be doing very well and very disciplined in your mind. Good, help someone else. There is a way you cannot help someone else, <laughs> and that's in this way. Because we love people sometimes, and I've made this mistake, so here you can learn from this one. Sometimes I've done things like tried to confess for them. 
Now, I can declare the word. You and I can declare the word over someone, and that's a good thing. But I cannot make your confessions for you, i.e., uh, I realized so-and-so was struggling with or uh, they're fighting such-and-such uh, -such disease when I know they're not fighting at all. I cannot, that confession, my turning of words isn't turning that situation. The way to turn that situation is I know so-and-so has that disease. I'm not denying it, and I'm going to speak to that disease. Do you hear the turn? Do you hear them? So sometimes the Holy Spirit quickens us so that we can be more accurate. I'm loving people. I want to be a blessing. I want to play, pray uh, well for them. I want to pray with accuracy, and I want to see heaven's harvest come in their life. But I have to allow the Holy Spirit to adjust in me how I pray and what I'm saying. And when we recognize there are certain limitations of what I can say about you, there are certain limitations. If I'm not ready to receive, it's like praying for a piece of board. Uh, and many times in a prayer line, I pray for people not here, praise the Lord, right? Yeah. Not talking about any of you. And, and I, I prayed for people, and, and the anointing has been strong. We've seen the power of God move, and people are being healed, and one person comes up, and, and it's just like a big, giant rock you're praying for. Now, sometimes they came up out of obligation or because a friend told them to, but they weren't ready to receive. And so they get in this place in Psalm, for innumerable evils have compassed me about. When their mind is not ready, when it's not open, when all they're considering is everything that's going wrong, perhaps it's a hurt, perhaps it's a wound, perhaps it's disappointment, all these kinds of things, innumerable evils. Mine iniquities have taken hold of me. And so it's not just what everybody else is doing. And then there's this terrible place and prophetic people struggle in this arena if that their iniquities, the places they're not perfect that come up and try to overwhelm them and the places of lack of perfection, the places where they just didn't do it perfectly, where they didn't have it right, where they could see lawlessness everywhere they turned and their eyes were full of their own shortcomings. So that I'm not able to look up. I've seen this. You'll see it. Their shoulders come down. And then they trip over something because they're looking down. Jesus isn't down. He's up. The ministry of reconciliation that's been given to us is to help them. It's to give them a new direction. But they're just, they're just going to have to look up. They can't keep, keep walking around and can't keep just going forward and going forward. And go that's what I need to hear. I need to hear that. I'm right at the edge of the stage. I cannot live my life on the edge like that. I've got to allow the Holy Spirit to deal with me. I've got to hear his stops and hear his warnings. When you feel encompassed and you can't look up, you need to hear the warning call. God is so faithful. He always gives a warning and he'll help you when you feel like you can't look up let's turn now to mark chapter 8 you can find it it's one of the gospels it's not hard to find mark chapter 8 now jesus has just fed thousands of people and he's been doing miracles in verse 17 it says 
well, let's go back to 15. He charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. We have leaven that is being pumped on the media right now. And the level, <laughs> it's interesting that it's of the religious and of the governors. Just saying, they're interesting things. They reasoned among themselves. They talked among themselves, trying to come up with answers. That's what the government was doing and the religious folk. They weren't coming to the Lord. They weren't asking Jesus, who happened to be walking around the streets quite readily available. And when Jesus knew it, not because someone came and whispered it in his ear, because he knew, because he heard from heaven. Why reason ye because you have no bread? Perceive ye not, neither understand. Have you yet your heart hardened? Interesting. They couldn't hear the word of God because their heart was hardened. And we can see that even from the Psalm, verse 40, in the Psalms there, that when you're under those things, you can't look up, your heart gets hard. It becomes very difficult. They were in a difficult, difficult place. He says, having eyes, see ye not? Hello. You got two eyes in your head. Could you not see the miracles? Couldn't you just see, if it was about natural bread, folks, if it was about providing for you in the natural, if it was about supplying your need, didn't you see it was taken care of? Didn't you see what God was doing? Didn't you see we are in the land right now and more people are talking about the blind areas than what God is doing. And all morning we've been singing about what God has already accomplished, where our victory lies. Can we see it? If we can see it, we can live it. Having eyes, see you not. Having, not. having ears, hear you not. Even if you couldn't see, can you hear about the testimonies of the Lord in the midst of all those situations when your head is down and your eyes are down you can't see and you can't hear and you'll start reasoning and you'll start thinking that spiritual matters are all about about a piece of bread and you won't see that you could be eating crazy clover I have learned that sheep will eat anything that's in front of them good bad or otherwise including a tire off my uncle's truck they would just eat whatever was in front of them. And when your head's down, you can't see the goodness. Having eyes see you not, having ears hear you not, do you not remember? We have three great opportunities to see the goodness of God, to hear the goodness of God. What happens when a testimony comes and it's great and it's wonderful and we receive it and it, and it builds us up for that moment. We go, yay, but that's not happening to me. Leaven is coming in your ear door somewhere when that's your response to testimony. So God does these wonderful things and, and, and it's supposed to build us up. And we go, yes, but did you hear this person's bad story over here? Their story is so sad. And, and I agree. I have sat down and I have given time and heart and listened for hours to someone's very sad story. It has value. But on the other hand, what happens when the testimony of the Lord comes? Do I shove it off 
Or do I listen with the same intenseness? Do I listen with the place where it can strengthen my frame? Do I listen to the point where that exhortation can keep me out of sin's deceitfulness? It's a good question. What am I hearing? My ears are so precious. He says, when I broke the five loaves among the 5,000, how many baskets? There was leftovers. And they said unto him, 12. That's how much was leftover. So we're not in a shortage here. If it was about the natural things, he would have said so. He would have said so. If it was about the natural things we're experiencing life right now, he'd have told us. But there's something bigger going on. God wants you to see it is our time. It's our time to rise up. It's our time to allow the Holy Spirit to flow. It's our time to hear from heaven. It's our time to do what he is saying. And you don't have to wait for someone else to say go when he's already said so. And so after they get all this, and, and he, he says, verse 21, how is it that you don't understand? Hmm. And he comes to Bethsaida, he just keeps going. And they bring a blind man unto him and besought to touch him, him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, he led him out of town. And when he spat in his eyes and put his hands upon him, he said, he asked him if he saw. Now, I'm not sure that any person sitting here today would enjoy it if they finally got their saved, unsaved friend that they've been believing God for for years. They finally bring him to church and he's blind. And uh, Pastor Neil took the person outside, spat in the ground, mixed them up some mud, and threw it in his eye. I'm not sure you'd be happy about that. But what if God told him to do that? What if God told him to go and get some ice and put it on his eye or something weird? What if he, I mean, he's done some unusual things when he preached. <laughs> what if he told him to do something odd? Would we still believe? Well, that wouldn't be good right now. People would be freaking out. How come he doesn't have a mask on? <laughs> Should have worn a big one of those big mask things. I don't know. Shields up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so he spat in his eyes. And then he put his hands on him. Two violations of the current restrictions. And he asked him if he saw aught. And he says, I, look, I saw trees as men walking. After that, he put his hands again on him. So for all of you folks that think, well, I had to be prayed for more than once, Jesus prayed for this fellow more than once. Don't get hung up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. But look at this. After he put his hands, verse 25, I want you to see this. After he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look he has set my feet upon a rock, and I shall not be moved. See, he couldn't, he couldn't look up himself. And Jesus, who took him, and he made him look up. There's a place where he's grabbing a hold of us today, and he says it's time. It's time to look up and out of our circumstances. It's time. He's here He's saying, come on, look up. You've got everything you need. Look up, look up. Don't stop looking down, folks. Stop, stop. Look up. Your answer's up there. I understand you may feel surrounded by disappointments, 
And God understands you may be surrounded by pain and misunderstandings and all of those things. This man was blind. He was blind. I don't know how someone goes through life blind. I don't know the pain that they must experience. My own uh, grandmother of my mother's side, she, uh, she had polio when she was nine years old. She was so sweet. She wore braces for the rest of her life as she lost the ability to walk. And I, I said to her, when I was freaking out. I was, I was a teenager. I've always been kind of passionate person. Never did anything halfway, never in the middle. If I was angry, I was angry all the way. If I was happy, I was happy all the way. Never, never halfway. And it's, <laughs> I was a teenager, and I did not have any filters for that anger. I did not know that you could be angry and sin not. I'm still working on that one. And uh, it's better, safer, not to just get angry. Praise the Lord. And, uh, and, and I was freaking out, and I was freaking out about something else. And she says to me, sit down. So I sat down, and she told me, and she gave me what for? and schooled me in anger, and not the anger management you'd go to class for. She said, I knew what it was to run, and that I'd never run again, and I was angry at God. But he changed my heart, and I'm not angry anymore. And I was had. Somehow I didn't have a reason when I looked at her legs that didn't work. Never stomped her. One day I came in and I, I'd help her in her house, and, and I was cleaning her windows for her, but I hadn't done a sufficient job, but she didn't let me know. She said, oh, that's wonderful. It's blessed. Grandmas are great. I, I kind of would do the same thing. I could see that happening. And, and so I come in, and she had put a chair on her kitchen table, got herself up on the table, up on the chair. She had a rag on a stick and was getting the corner. I missed. Jesus, help us. <laughs> she had determination. She had determination. This world and its circumstances weren't going to stop her. Many people from the church, because she was a shut-in at winter, because it was too difficult, she wouldn't use a, a, a wheelchair. She would only use crutches. So if it got to be winter and there was lots of snow or ice, it was very difficult to, to go through and maneuver with crutches, and they're slippery. So she would stay at home. And often I heard from the pastors who would go to visit the shut-ins as part of their, their thing that they did, They'd say, we went there and we were blessed. They, we went there to encourage her, she encouraged us. And that's the kind of person she was because her circumstances did not dictate her life. She knew how to look up and take the master's hand. He wants us to grab a hold. I've recognized this. When people spend their life bowing, there is a reverence to it, but to the wrong thing most of the time. Bowing is a sign of reverence or respect. And if we're not bowing to the Lord, what are we bowing to? Amen. In Numbers chapter 21, people got all messed up in sin. Oh, my, my, my. They got messed up. Oh, dear. In Numbers 21 and 6, it says, The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people. Much of the people died because they were doing the wrong thing. When we do the wrong thing, in some of the language of the Old Testament, we think God's in there sending bad stuff. And what happens is when we get outside of the will of God, all kinds of hell is permitted to break loose. And it sure broke loose. They were serving other gods and doing all kinds of nasty things. Not that they, they knew better, but they were looking down. 
and they got involved in their circumstances and they allowed their circumstances to dictate their response and they were doing crazy things. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we've sinned. Good, good, amen, amen. They admitted it. Let us be people who say, whoa, we sinned. Let's not blame it on our neighbor. Oh, he made me drink that and got drunk last night. You lifted the glass, folks. Come on. We're not blaming other people for the stuff we did wrong. It will never get us through. Best thing ever. When you mess up, call up. Amen? Look up. <laughs> Amen? So the people came and he says, we've sinned. And watch this. So powerful. We have spoken against the Lord and against thee. This is something we don't talk about much, and we should. We've been naughty to each other. Now, I'm not bringing out my spank stick. I don't have one anymore. I praise the Lord, our children are older, and now they're using it on theirs. <laughs> I used to carry a big wooden spoon. Usually just setting it on the table cured a lot. He said, we speak against our brothers and sisters, and this has got to stop. It's got to stop. There's no excuse. I don't care how crazy they are. We have all done crazy things, all of us. And whether or not they've hurt you, you don't know my story. Well, you don't know mine. You don't know. I, I, somebody freaked out, and I got a long letter because I wore earrings that were too big, and they were bright pink. I love those things. I don't know where they are. I still have them somewhere, box somewhere, probably. But they got so angry, they wrote me a letter about my earrings. I apologized to them. No sweat. No big deal. Sorry I offended you. Now they didn't know what to do. Because really, it wasn't about the earrings. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They'd spoken against me. Now they didn't know what to do because they not only had written me a letter, they talked to all their friends. And it wasn't the fact of that. And I mean, I apologize. It was not. I didn't wear earrings to offend. Oh, look, I didn't get up in the morning and say, okay, Lord, what earrings shall we you know, put on today to offend the crowd? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I've done some things. Uh, you know, one day I put curlers in my hair and came out in my house coat with white stuff all over my face and said, it doesn't matter what you look like. I've done some things. But not to offend people. <laughs> Amen. So I don't, I don't think most of us get up in the morning and say, well, praise the Lord. What are we going to do to offend the crowds? It's not how we get up. And sometimes we do. And the best thing to do is to admit it. Admit it. We've tried to give sin all kinds of nice names to feel, make us feel comfortable. Oh, we made a mistake. No, it was sin. Call it sin. And then you get through. Answer came when they called it sin. But we're polite, and it's not very PC to say lying about somebody is a sin. Yes, it is. Lying is a sin. And we make a big point about the sins that we can see, because you can't necessarily see a lie. You only know about it later. So the ones that we can see, oh, they didn't da 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 Well, they're in sin, la 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 I know they did, and I don't know what they were doing in that motel last night. Come on. Come on. We're... I'm having some fun, amen? <laughs> this is freedom talk. It's freedom talk. Because when forgiveness comes and you've been straight with God, I watched in the Bible, it tells me when they did those things, they got healed. 
Some people stuck so long because they wouldn't admit they were in sin. If that's all it takes to get healed, repent. Amen? If that's all it takes is to say you're sorry, I blew it. God, that was sin. I mean, you've been living with that crazy thing for 10 years. But it was too hard to say it was my fault. Come on. Come on. Oh, I got excited and lost my place. Praise the Lord. Oh, look, there we are. Oh, we're talking about things, bad things people did. So they spoke against God, and they spoke against people. Praise the Lord. <laughs> What's it like to speak against God? I don't like him. He always makes and He's controlling. we got to do what he wants, and I want to live my own life. Well, your life was bought with the price. It's not yours anymore to live. Go to the grave now or cry all the rest of your life. Amen. Every time I think, I just want to do something that's for me. Mm, your life is not your own. Remind yourself how many ever times it needs during the day. It will help you and you'll be happier. Amen. But I'll never get to do what you want. Did you ever really? Think about it. I'm just doing what I want according to the government rules. There are just so many things, so many things. We spoke against God. We don't want to submit. He's all about submission and giving your money. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your money. Only people, and you've got, well, we've got friends who said, you go to church, they just want your money. Well, so does Hollywood. <laughs> Every time you support it by buying a shirt, a cup, a T-shirt, you're giving your money to Hollywood. And they're full of sin. And they don't like Christians at all. Come on now. Praise Jesus. We get talking about sin. We're talking about freedom and a way out. Hallelujah. So they talked against God. They didn't like it. They didn't like his ways. They didn't like conforming to it. They didn't want and I have never met someone who thought they were living their own life, doing their own thing, that actually had a good life, and it was actually doing their own thing. I never saw it. I've met some people who say they are, but when you look at it, no, I'm not paying taxes. Well, if you're doing your own thing, how come you're paying taxes? Right? If you, you know, why'd you buy a license for your car? Why aren't you walking everywhere? Do your own thing. A license is a, a, something you pay to the government to do it their way and their speed. And, and if you're obeying the speed limit, you are not doing your own thing your way. Are you still living your life? Think life doesn't have any rules? What have I been saying all week? If you won't be self-governed, you'll get rules. Amen? <laughs> oh, praise Jesus. So they spoke against God. We sinned. We did this. Admit it. Admit it. Nobody likes it. I'm speaking against my Christian brother. It wasn't nice. Yeah, you were. And it wasn't nice. You're also not supposed to speak evil of dignitaries. Probably something we should repeat, you know, five times a day and remind ourselves. I think that's probably the greatest challenge we all have right now. <laughs> I don't care if you like them or not. You're not allowed to speak evil of them. I know that's a mouthful and it's very hard, but praise the Lord, there's the blood of Jesus helps it go down easy. <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> I know we have to pray for each other real strong. We have been praying for the U.S. It's time to pray for Canada. Amen. And maybe once after Tuesday, we'll be praying for Canada. Amen. We'll get them praying for us. 
Praise the Lord. Where did we get? Oh, okay. So they prayed again. <laughs> Praise Jesus. We're just having so much fun where sin's concerned. Isn't it about time we just laughed in it in the face and say, sin, you're not going to hold me down anymore. Because yes. we're going to look up. Amen. He, he, he said, take away the serpents from us. <laughs> you know, they were whining at this point. We've been bad. And stung so bad, man. And I don't know, fiery serpents. This is a bad deal. And Moses prayed for the people. You better believe we're praying for you. Says, and the Lord says unto him, make a fiery serpent. So this won't be one that wiggles in on the ground and running around and spitting and biting. And set it upon the pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that's bitten, when he looks at it, it shall live. And Moses made, watch this, and I want you to remember this. He made a serpent of brass. Very important for where we're going. He made a serpent of brass, put it on a pole, and it came to pass that if the serpent had bitten any man where he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Now let's go to John chapter 3, verse 13. We're going somewhere. We really are. We're repenting of sin, and we're getting free, and it's a good deal. Oh, man, it's so great to feel free. So great to come to the place where we know the blood of Jesus worked for us and we don't have to struggle with sin anymore. Now, I'm not saying you won't ever sin again. You probably did three times this morning. But get over it, repent, and go on. Amen? I don't know what you were doing while you were driving here, but some of you had a rough go this morning. Just repent and go on. Amen? <laughs> some of you sitting at home, you're having a rough time holding up your coffees. Praise the Lord. Amen. Get off the couch. Praise Jesus. Sit in the kitchen chair where it's sort of stuff so you can get the whole message. Praise the Lord. John 3. I love you all, really. Praise the Lord. John chapter 3. I think it's very interesting where this is. Praise Jesus. Uh, verse 13. No man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven... And as Moses did what? Lifted up the serpent. Okay, here's the picture. He's referring back to the scripture I just read where the people were repenting because of their sins and calling out to God for help. And Moses makes a serpent out of brass and sticks it on a pole and says, look at it, and they're healed. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. At this point, when Jesus came to the earth, how did he function? As a man. Jesus functioned as a man. He functioned as a man. He, came, he took a flesh. Yes, he was God, but he came in the form of a man. Why? Right. Because, first of all, a man went down in Romans chapter 5 where it says, because of Adam, and he's the second Adam. So he had to come in the same representation to take away the sin of the world. The same way. The same way. And it was brass. Brass represents flesh. He had to come in the flesh. And as Pastor Ann often quotes from John, he said, what? John chapter 1 and verse 4, right? Should we go there? Underline it. Keep it up there. We want you to have all these scriptures because it will help you put it all together, and it'll be wonder him. wonderful. Sorry, it's John um, 14, 1 verse 14. And the word was made flesh. So brass represents flesh. The word was made and dwelt among us. So it makes more sense now when we look at John 13, so shall the son of man 
be lifted up. That, what's going to happen this time? Whosoever believes in him looks at him. <laughs> Should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting light. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believes on him is not condemned. But he that believes not is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation. That light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that does, does evil hates the light, neither comes to the light or looks up. Lest his deeds should be reproved. Didn't that talk about the same thing we talked about in Numbers? Where they said they had to admit their sin. They had to make no more excuses for sin. And when they did, there was healing. When they did, there was life. And that everyone, everyone that came to that pole... Everyone who came, even in the Old Testament, lived. Lived, it said, right? I didn't change it. That's what's there. So we know that everyone that comes to the cross will live. But they have to admit where they've gone wrong. They have to admit their sin. No more excuses. For us to rise in this time and obey the hand of the Lord and come to the place where God wants us to come to, to live in the victory that he has called us to. We must stop making excuses for where we've gone wrong and call them simple mistakes. We must say, God, I have sinned against you and you only. I didn't sin against people. I sinned against the living God. Sinned against him. And I live. No excuses. No shame. There's no shame in it. There's no shame. I found out everybody sinned. Everybody. There's no shame when we're all in that together. <laughs> but we can be all on the other side together. And we can be lifted up into his place. No longer will the things of this world affect me and cause my head to come down. As long as I remember these things, it's my job to keep my first love alive. It's your job to keep your first love alive. And in the midst of a world of pressures and things that come against the mind, you think about this. All the words that are spoken have tried to attack the mind. How many people are struggling with depression and 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 terrible uh, situations. I even saw a new drug that's coming out to help people's adults, a new depression drug, be and, and they're pushing it out here and they're pushing it out there and they're pushing it out everywhere. Why? Because when our minds are bothered, we look down with the heaviness of their words. And the words of the world don't have answers. They have reasons. And they get on our shoulders, well, not ours, but you understand. They get on the shoulders of some, and pretty soon they're looking down. They're not looking up. And they get under the weight of it. The devil has schemes. He has schemes. But we need to be wise as serpents, amen. And we need to look up at all times. And the best way to keep our eyes open 
is to admit first what we've done. It will keep it there. Because God wants us to go to a place of such confidence and boldness and peace. Like I started with today. There's a place where it says, now, O Lord, behold, they're threatenings. Why am I not afraid? I'm not afraid because, A, I know I mess up. I know I do. But what do I do about it? I repent. And if I've offended somebody, I'll apologize to them. I'd rather take a knee than keep that thing going. Even if it doesn't look like I did really that much wrong. Someone got hurt. And I'd rather fix that than go on. What did it cost me? Maybe a friendship or some time where I felt bad. Let's not do that. There is a calling. And it's so powerful. And we miss it. We miss it. Because we're stuck with our head down. Sometimes because of sin. But sometimes because of a sin that happened a long time ago or a situation. It's caused us to look down on the weights to get on us. So we don't move forward. But this is where we're being called to. Turn with me now to Acts chapter 3. I believe you'll be blessed by this. It's a place where we come. Where we know everyone who looks at Jesus lives. Everyone who looks at Jesus lives. Everyone who looked at him lived. Acts chapter 3. Peter and John are going through probably the most crazy, strange, unexpected circumstances ever. Jesus has left, gone to heaven. The Holy Spirit's just filled them, and they all look like they were drunk. All kinds of strange things are happening, and people are prophesying, and everybody's cluttering, and, and these are New leaders in the body of Christ for the first time. And the church is starting and everything's going wild. And there's Peter and John going, yeah, we got this. <laughs> I'm sure they were like, Jesus. That's why they were spending a lot of time praying because this was a whole new deal. You have to think about it. These were people. And suddenly there's thousands asking them, what are we going to do with our lives? <laughs> Remember, they were people. Amen. <laughs> so Peter and John went together in the, into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Early in the morning, they're off they go. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms. So that's what he did every single day. That, that was his job. His job is someone who could not walk freely, that's what we assume. If he's lame, he cannot walk freely. He's needing help to walk. He is there, and he is at the gate. I've seen these things as I've traveled in other countries. There are people, and every day, that's what they do. They don't have a handicapped pension like they do in our country. And so the only finances they have is to sit and to get uh, finances through begging. That's, that's, their, that's their life. And he was there every day. One of the folks that we met one of the years when we were in Busia, Everybody knew her in town. She'd had lots of operations and was none the wiser <laughs> and spent all her money, I'm sure, on that. And everybody in town knew her because she begged every day and she couldn't walk freely and she had crutches and she was quite twisted. And, and that was the first person the Lord healed. Boom, 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 boom. And the Lord healed her and she began to run around the tent. Well, that made a great testimony for that city. 
and, and it was wonderful. So this was like that. This is the same kind of thing. Somebody sitting there who cannot walk. And he sees Peter and John. So he's, he's a little bit up. Not all the way up to the sky where Jesus is. But he sees. He looks up. He looks up. He looks up. And he sees Peter and John going into the temple. Doing what? They always do. They, so they weren't like, oh, I'm anointed, walk through the town, look at me. Mm. That was none of that going on. Well, we fasted and prayed for 15 days. Now we can pray for people. That wasn't going on. So you got to have it. Absolutely. Just doing what they always did. Going where they always go. Just like you get up in the morning and you go to work. They were gone to do what they always did. Got the picture. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, says, look on us. Peter and John are brass. And the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, dwelled in them. And they were confident and they were bold, and they were not arrogant. And they said, look here, because they knew, they knew he'd walk. They knew that that same spirit would work. What a confidence. And God wants every one of us to come to this place where we, without fear, say, look right here. Jesus is here. He's here. Not just here, always here, he's in the church. No, I'm brass, but he's here. And his gold is on the inside and the outside. It just happens to be dwelling in a vessel of brass. But that gold, the anointing, Jesus himself, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, he's in me and he quickens my mortal body and anybody else's body that comes near. Amen. And it's time. This is what he's called us to. And the way through that and through this and through everything is coming clean through the door. Jesus Christ is coming without shame. It's coming without a hesitation. It's coming without embarrassment. It's kind of like throw off the coats and come in because I'm coming in hard. I'm coming in fast and I'm coming just as I am. All my quirks, all my weird things, all my jump up and down and yeehaws, all of that. And he still likes me. You just come without apology. No excuses for the stupidity we've engaged ourselves in. No excuses. Well, I had five drinks because I was stressed last night. Just tell him. Admit the places you've talked about him. Admit the places you've talked about leaders in the body of Christ. Oh, well, this one, you know, don't you know he cheated on his wife? I don't care what he did. It's not up to me. I'm not judging their sin. People sin. There's a shock. Christians sin. Should they? No one should. But we do. Stop looking at them and look up. Because the Son of Man and our redemption is coming back. And he's closer than he's ever been before. And we can walk like Peter and John.
with confidence, without arrogance. Jesus is here and he's in me. And I'm not worried about it. I'm not having to pray five more times. And I'm not repenting 30 times before I pray for everybody. Because he's pure. He's pure. He's pure. And he's in me. And even if I'm goofy, he's still straight on. Today, we're going to celebrate communion. The most important part of communion is what? Coming to him straight up. Oh, God. I've been a mess. I, I, I really believe we've got to stop putting each other down and, and uh, speaking the things and trying to confess for others their sins. There is a place where we can pray for someone that their sins be forgiven them. It's the truth. But let's start with ourselves and get clean. I'm pretty clean this morning. Good. Praise the Lord. Amen. Can you, without confidence and without wiggling at all, say, Jesus, look on me and, and have someone who's sick say, look on us and be okay? Good. Praise the Lord. We're going in the right direction. Amen. Now, you may not be there, but you can be. But you can be. And it doesn't have to take five more years to get there. Look how little time Peter and John to get to that place. I don't know about you, but Jesus never said to me, get away from me, you're filled with Satan. Right? And he got through that and could say, look on us with confidence. Whatever you've been through, it won't take 10 years. It won't take five. About three seconds to say, sorry, God, I sinned against you. You could time it if you like. We could try again. Doesn't take long. How long did that take, Pastor? Not long. Didn't take long. Didn't take long. So whatever it is, I'm not asking you, I know there's this thing, run around and tell everybody, you know, you, that you think you hurt or you did, you hurt and make it all right. Mm -mm -mm. You sinned against God. You might have talked against me even. I don't know. Doesn't matter. It didn't affect that I got up and washed my face today. Or I didn't put on socks, but sometimes I do. Didn't change anything I did. Do I care? For your sake. Not for mine. It won't hurt me. Because the government is on my shoulders because it's on his. And if you've said against me, I just wanted you to know I love you, I forgive you, and let's move on. Amen? You don't have to run to me and tell me. And please, you don't even have to tell me what you said. Yeah, uh, what I'm telling you is, you don't have to do all that. What you have to do is go before the Lord and make it right there. And it's so simple and it's so easy. We don't want to hold back on that anymore. See, Jesus, the greatest power we have is forgiveness. Some people still struggle with it. I'm in 1 Corinthians getting ready for communion. Forgiveness is a great power, often untapped. It's like, you don't know what's done to me. Well, I've been lied about. I've had apples thrown at me and tomatoes, and I've had people, um, uh, one particular country said, started, they heard I was coming to their country, and they started, uh, you know, trolling me on Facebook and keep this witch out and all kinds of stuff. I still went. And when I got there, they were so mad, they came to the meeting. And then they got saved. 
go ahead, throw a rock. I have a big God, he'll catch it. And we can all come to that place. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Forgiveness is powerful. Forgiveness is wonderful. And you'll live. Amen. We're going to look up. So powerful. Every time I read this, I see new things in 1 Corinthians 11. I received of the Lord that which I delivered unto you. And believe you me, I, I pray about things. I tell you from my heart. I'm very open. I just tell you how it is from my little heart. And sometimes it's more like a mama talk. This is what I've been through. I have been through some crazy, crazy stuff. And I'm still here. And I'm happy. I'm not running around taking, you know, antidepressants. I could if I got in it. Don't you know there's been days I've been tempted to get under, not take pills, but to get under. I'm glad I have people praying for me. When I say that, I never say that lightly. I am very grateful for those who pray and intercede for us. It's a powerful thing. But I've walked some strange paths. And I'm still here. Whatever path that you've been walking, you may have been feeling like I started with it, Psalm 40. That way can come off. Right here. What did you receive of the Lord? Aren't you glad you're saved? Aren't you so thrilled about the blood of Jesus? Aren't you so glad it washes you and makes you clean? So you can say with boldness, look on over here. The same night that Jesus, that the Lord, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. He knew what was coming. He could see the end. He wasn't looking at the bread. He was looking at the future. Amen? So he took it. And he took it. And he blessed it. I think sometimes we forget. Just how powerful it is to have the word of God come alive in our life. But you see, when he broke bread, he knew resurrection power was going to become available for every one of us. Because that's what's on the other side of the cross. When his body was broken, blood and water flowed. That was his life and the power to change things. And it was going to be available to every one of us. So when he blessed it, there was a breaking open of life for every one of us. Hallelujah. So as you think about this bread today, what a precious, precious gift. Wherever you are, just thank you. It was broken for me and for you. And it's so wonderful. So wonderful. So wonderful. And in the same way, you think about what we said today about the blood. So powerful to wash you, make you clean, and set you on a path of life, resurrection power. It's precious, and we're grateful. Let's receive today.
We love our children. They need a lot of prayer these days. Many assaults against them, especially for their minds. But we're standing and believing for sound minds. Sound minds. And they can receive that. We received a word this morning so important that what we have, the glory is here. And it's present. That it's more than enough. And that didn't mean that more wasn't coming. It's an important word that you need and I need to hang on to. And if you need to go back, you can hear it again on the live stream. But we'll make sure that it's clipped so that it can be repeated and, and posted on our page again. It's important to recognize when the Lord is speaking such a word of encouragement that we respond to that. It's important. We know this is our time. It is our time. God is here. Miracles are taking place. Some of the miracles are you being free. And this morning, because of what we've been through, I feel really uh, that I'd like to pray for your minds. I'm just going to pray corporately for a moment. And I'd like you to do your best to be in agreement. If you need to put your own hands on your mind, that's a good thing, but you don't have to. So if you're sitting at home and watching, sometimes it's just good to just remember, this is for my mind. This is for my mind. Because there's no depression that ever should come. Now, I understand some people have a medical condition. That's not what we're talking Most of the depression that's happening is a, is a direct result of enemy attack. Not that the other isn't. It just needs a different operation. Amen. There's many operations of the Holy Ghost. This is for those who are, who are just feeling that pressures. The pressures. Amen. And I think the pastor should come and stand with me. We're going to stand in agreement with you today. Because this is really important. We don't want to see one more person take their life because of the pressures. Amen. And this include we're not excluding the youth. We understand there's an attack for the youth's mind. So it's good to be in agreement with it. I can hear you ready to roll there. Praise the Lord. Amen. So let's just lift our hands and come into agreement. Place your hand on your mind if you need to. Father, I just thank you. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I thank you. You are the healer of minds. You're the healer where there's been disappointments. I command the disappointments and the thoughts and the memories, the memories of disappointments to fall to the ground. I thank you for freedom for minds in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, you have not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind, Lord. You, pour out, you poured out your blood and your water, Lord, for a sound mind, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that that sound mind prevails, Lord. It prevails through your love, Lord, because it isn't part of fear. Love and fear cannot exist at the same time in our lives, Lord. So we call that fear out in the name of Jesus, quashed in the name of Jesus, that love would reign. Love would reign in our lives, Lord, and along with it, sound mind, Lord, because we have your mind. We have your mind, Lord, and it shall prevail. It shall be the strong voice in our lives, Lord. We thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you that we heard your word this morning, that of the Spirit we have what you have given us, and what we have is enough. I thank you, Lord, that we have 
more than enough to battle every sort of a mental affliction, every attack of the enemy. We have more than enough because the Holy Ghost lives within us. So Father, we say and we declare that what we have is more than enough to combat every depression, every wicked thought, every evil thing. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against the enemy who has come in like a flood. And we shall not be moved. And we shall not be shaken. Because greater is He who lives within us than he that is in the world. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. And I announce release. Release from this in the name of Jesus. You are released from this in the name of Jesus into the fullness of Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And as you move forward, we thank God for the helmet of salvation, that protective peace, the bloodline bought and paid for, and God is standing between you and whatever is coming against you, and it cannot penetrate. It cannot penetrate. It cannot penetrate. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that your word rings in our mind, that your word rings in our mind. And I thank you that your word comes out of our mouth and it's declared out of our mouth. And I thank you, Lord, we walk by your word. And I thank you, Lord, that we're not moved. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.